We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 13th edition of the Roadwire NFL Podcast, Week 5. Almost in the books. We can't say it's fully because we have the Tuesday night game between the Bills and Titans going on. I'm Joe Barley. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports and join alongside me, as always, every Tuesday. Jake Latarski. You can get him at Roto Jake. Of course, this is the free agent edition of the Rotowire NFL podcast. There's a number of big names that we have to discuss. Certainly more than last week mm-hmm. when I, I felt like it wasn't yeah. as big of a deal. This one for sure is a, a big one. Yeah, last week was a little bit low key. Maybe some guys that'll help you long term, some backups to look after. This week, there's one, maybe two players that are worth a number one waiver priority so can't wait to dive into it with you joe yeah and uh a a bigger week as well because we have four bye weeks heading into week six raiders saints chargers both those played and we'll talk about that monday night football game last night and finally the seahawks a big deal if you have lockett Mm -hmm. russell wilson uh dk metcalf uh, Chris Carson, too. I was going to say, Chris Carson has been a stud for me in two leagues. Yeah, who uh, knew that Chris Carson would be a PPR monster? Chris uh, Carson insane. is always just one of those players that, you know, you don't, you draft with low expectations, but he ends up exceeding them, at least the last couple of years. Not a sexy name, but he gets it done. Yeah, 
Um, let's talk about that Monday Night Football game real quick. Of course, my Chargers, and I say that kind of jokingly, mm-hmm. uh, I do cover them from the site. I, I was <laughs> See, Your Chargers as a beat writer, that would be right. like me. When I used to cover the Browns. I would never say my Browns. I would just say <laughs> well, Ben Browns, their I have, Browns, those, those, Mary Kay's Browns, that kind of thing. <laughs> I have adopted the Chargers as my second team, and I feel some level of remorse every time they do Chargers stuff. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have brought this up. Um, I was on the air with with Chris Liss for Sirius XM yesterday, filling in for Jeff. Um, and and I, I really wanted to. I, I just didn't. I should have mentioned it somehow. I thought Chargers A will cover the spread. They did do that, but they will lose in heartbreaking fashion. I I was going to say because they missed an extra point. Well, they did do that. Actually, Michael Badgley did miss an extra point in the first half, but it was the 50-yard doink off the right upright that cost them the loss there. Justin Herbert, once again, uh, doesn't get credit for really what was an excellent game, particularly in the first half. Stop me if you've heard this before, if you've watched any Charger games, the Buccaneers game and the Chiefs game. Herbert had excellent first halves. For whatever the reason, the Chargers can scheme a great great first half. Mm-hmm. It's the adjustments in the second half that make a difference. Keenan Allen being hurt after the first quarter didn't help things either, but there you go. Saints get the 30 to 27 win. What was your biggest takeaway from that other than Herbert? Cause I think he's yeah. probably the well, national yeah. media's one. Yeah. I wanted to say Herbert number one, because he's his roster ship or whatever we want to say is up to 64% now. So he's kind of outside of the, uh, outside of the realm there. One of my biggest takeaways, and you know, we can talk about this a little bit uh, when we get there, but I think maybe Herbert unlocked Mike Williams a little bit. Now he's finally healthy, right? And of course, Keenan Allen being sidelined helps. But Herbert, all of a sudden, the light bulb went on where I can throw it up to Mike Williams in mm-hmm. traffic, and he is a big athletic player that can come down with it. Now, you know, him and uh, him and Lattimore, it, of course, uh, you know, Williams went over the top of him one time, then Lattimore, of course, had the tackle that sealed the game as, as well, got his revenge. But yeah, I mean, Mike Williams, eight targets, caught five of them for 109 yards and two scores. Uh, if they look for him in the red zone as well as, I mean, Rivers used to do this all the time too. He would just, when, when Williams was healthy, of course, he would just kind of chuck it up to him and rely on that big body being bigger and more physical than the, the defenders that they put on him to come down with it. So Williams is a guy that Obviously, it's the Claypool episode when it comes to wide receivers, not to give too much away, but Williams is one of those kind of sneaky guys. I have a second tier. Is he available? Yes. Oh, I have a whole, I have our, you know, I I do, I prepped our show. There's a tier of guys, there are four good players between 40 and 45% rostered that you wouldn't think are available. So if you're in 10 and even 12 team leagues, definitely go out there and and listen there. And then, then on the Saints side, you know, of course we have, the Michael Thomas punch, you know, he's, he's out for non injury related <laughs> oh, reasons man. here. Um, I just, it's one of those, uh, I got a couple of Lee Corso, not so fast moments here. And, and Emmanuel Sanders is one of them. He's definitely understanding the offense. He's getting more involved, but how many of those 14 targets are going to Mike, Mike Thomas when he does come 14 back? of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here. It, it felt like with Sanders, that Packers game was a aha moment for Drew Brees. I don't know like from that point forward, Sanders really has been the focal point with Michael Thomas out. And it's funny. You mentioned Michael Thomas. I was on the wire Saturday doing all of our coverage and, you know, normally the Saturdays aren't that big of a deal. Well, I had to do three different games because we had two Monday night games technically before the Broncos Patriots game Mm -hmm. got canceled and the Tuesday night game as well with the Bills and Titans happening tonight. So I was writing this Michael Thomas note in level one note, big deal, right? He is going to play because that's what the beat reporters saying. He had a a, Mm -hmm. a limited practice. Hey, he had that all last week, but he is going to play for sure. He's going to play. And then I see Sunday afternoon, Michael Thomas ruled out and I'm like, oh crap, did I, did I mess this up? Like, did I, did I make a problem here? And I felt a little better, uh, 
not necessarily vindicated, but I felt better from mm-hmm. a like job perspective that no, <laughs> he just had to go punch somebody out, and that's why he ended up getting yeah. benched. Mm-hmm. You're right. I agree with you. I would not be reacting to the Emmanuel Sanders new or mm-hmm. re- Emmanuel Sanders big game necessarily. And worth pointing out, Casey Hayward was injured in that contest too, which I think maybe could mm-hmm. limit Sanders' production a little bit. Yeah. Um, can I can I double back to the Mike Williams thing real quick? Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear the Chargers writer take on it. There's a lot to unpack with it, unfortunately. So a Chargers are on a bye week this week. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, hey, Keenan Allen's out, I got to go pick up the backup to it. You're not going and getting Jalen Guyton and saying this is going to be a fantastic thing. He got three targets this week. Mm-hmm. He did have a 49 yard catch. He's been a, a big boom or bust guy. But think back to years past. If you've been playing fantasy football for any number of years, Travis Benjamin, you know the name. He was a very fast player for the Browns and then for the Chargers, but you weren't ever excited to play or roster Travis Benjamin. Mm-hmm. That is the same type of deal with Jalen Guyton. Do not overreact. If my or if Keenan Allen is not able to play week seven, which we don't know about, it's just this back spasms thing and it's kind of left ambiguous don't overreact to Jalen Guyton but if Keenan Allen's out I do think Mike Williams becomes a top 20 play and he is the guy if he is available at any point in your leagues you should be picking up as a wide receiver five or four much in the same way you're rostering Justin Jefferson or T Higgins that's the level I think Mike Williams can do I don't think he's going to have these types of performances every week moving forward it's nice to see Herbert gain some confidence in Williams we know Rivers did in past years which is great However, if Allen is out, Williams is the biggest beneficiary, and then Hunter Henry too. Hunter Henry Absolutely. was kind of quieted, like only four yep. catches, fifty-three yards, and like that. Mm-hmm. But I his think eight, he's a bigger deal. His eight targets were the same as Mike Williams. That's the part right. that that's worth standing out as a book. Because I don't, I don't really see a Travis Benjamin on this roster. I mean, Guyton it's Jalen Guyton. That, that, that those, is the but same thing. Eight, but I even had a better gut feeling about Benjamin than Guyton. Maybe oh, you were wrong. Name after that, <laughs> I mean, at the time, I mean, he, I he's a guy you pick up as an emergency, flex him when you know half your receiving core is on by, and then and then send him back to the waiver wire the week after. I'll give you the name on that actually fits this. And this is like a 14 or 16 team kind of pickup. KJ Hill, Herbert, uh, threw it on the wrong direction. Like for <laughs> as great as Herbert did throughout the game, I told a friend this after the contest, that they should have won because if Herbert leads KJ Hill on that overtime pass, they he runs and maybe runs down to the end zone, the 10-15 yard line, and that's a matter of getting a touchdown. KJ Hill probably factors in as the number two, I'm gonna put it in quotes, you can't see it, but I am. Mm. Sorry we're not uh listen Jeff yeah. doing our, our actual video of it. But KJ Hill becomes the guy that probably gets more of a beneficiary. Mm. Again, we have to wait till what Keenan Allen's to ask is for weeks seven that's a two week down the road problem yeah i mean at this point with the chargers though should we have a fantasy relevant conversation about the running backs though i mean jackson i called it yeah i mean we mentioned that and uh and not to give away our our whole thing for later on justin jackson is less than 50 percent rostered in in yahoo leagues kelly was the popular name but jackson got 15 carries to kelly's 11 obviously yards per carry is a bump stat but 4.7 to 2.6 that's worth that's enough i mean two full yards that's enough to uh, worth pointing out and then justin jackson got the targets too caught five of his six targets for 23 yards whereas Josh, Josh Kelly, only one target, which he caught for nine yards. But I think we know who the back is here with Eckler out. Uh, no, actually, we don't. It's the hot hand. And it was just like we talked about last week. You you mentioned it with me, Justin Jackson, asked what we were going with. And I said, hey, it's going to be Kelly that gets some of the carries, but Jackson is going to factor in. And if he does well, Jackson is going to be the guy that gets it. The mm-hmm. same thing applies in week seven, too. And this, this is a bigger deal if Keenan Allen is out. If Keenan Allen's playing, they're not having the running backs do 24 carries. It's just mm-hmm. that's not part of the game script. But I think this really saw Jackson and Kelly get more opportunities because Allen was out. But if yeah. if Kelly is the one that is getting 
seven yards per carry, he will get more of the opportunities than Justin Jackson. Mm-hmm. It's just that you're going to have to deal with this every single week until Eckler comes back. Once Eckler comes back, Jackson's gone. Mm-hmm. Kelly's role stays the same. Yeah. But that's that's what we're looking at right now. It's just it's just a week to week thing. And remember a bye week too. And that, you're, yeah. you're running into your own bye week situations, or who knows what COVID situations will emerge this week. Can you afford to roster Justin Jackson? You know, in a ten twelve team league through his bye week, maybe, but probably not. Not ten team, twelve team, maybe. But you'd have to give me the other options available, and that's mm-hmm. something you could do on Twitter. You can, you can tweet at both Jake and I at uh, JB Fantasy Sports at Roto Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask an expert feature. I'm available all day today. I'm going to be answering those questions. But the rest of the guys that do that throughout the week are, are, are great as well for that too. So uh, I want to give one PSA for everyone listening to the podcast right now. Please make sure you check your waiver wire settings in your league. I would imagine most people listening to this are going to be in some sort of standard waiver wire format. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, the waivers will more than likely process after tonight's game. So if there is one crazy injury that happens Mm. from the Bills or Titans perspective, you need to jump on that ASAP. Not that I'm really excited to go watch a Bills-Titans game on a Tuesday night, but there might be some fruitful fantasy prospects that come from that game that you need yeah. to be aware of. Yeah, whether it's fab or waivers, I'm pretty sure the default Yahoo setting, which uh, you know that that's one of my favorite places to play, of course, um, those guys, uh, the default is late Tuesday night, so I'm talking like 3 a.m. Eastern Tuesday night. Right. Usually those run through, so that shouldn't be affected too much by the Tuesday night game here. So, uh, yeah, get your bids in as you normally would on Tuesday. I mean, that's why we do the waiver wire show on Tuesdays because the default for most leagues, although some of the leagues that I've been doing this year are running them on Thursday afternoon, and I'm starting to like that more. Mm. But maybe that's just because I'm a guy that does fantasy football at my job all day and can can make the pickups then, uh, you know, instead of having to uh, do them Tuesday night and guess, I don't know, like a couple weeks ago, like, oh, Carson looks really hurt. Carlos Hyde's going to come in. Then all of a sudden, the, the the script just gets flipped. So anyway, I can rant on waiver wire times all you want. But Tuesday night, that hasn't changed. If your league uses continuous waivers with a Tuesday clear date, waiver claims won't be processed till Wednesday for Yahoo specific. And, and they sent an email with all your situation. But, you know, just like any fantasy football, our biggest thing is first and foremost, when you join a league, you got to know your league's rules. If you use any kind of unique waiver system, you might want to check that out. All right, good. Um, before we get to really the meat of the show, and we talked about a few of the options, um, you mentioned Claypool. He's going to be a big factor of this. Uh, we have to get to Andy Dalton at some point. This is a waiver wire show. After all, before we do that, though, I want to get a word from our sponsors, Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market in which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes just as if they were stock. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in Patrick Mahomes since day one? Well, that's great. Now, It can be a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit predictionstrike.com to create an account, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players just like you would real stock. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projection, his stock moves up. It's really that simple. You can treat or you can trade your shares of players at any time as long as the player isn't currently in a game. To get started, go to visit or go visit predictionstrike.com and sign up with code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. Again, that's predictionstrike.com. Sign up with code ROTOWIRE, get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. All right, so we always start with quarterbacks. I think, unfortunately for Dak Prescott, the biggest free agent pickup or one of the biggest free agent pickups is going to be what you want to do with Andy Dalton. And this isn't just a 2QB league thing. I think you have to consider him in a 10 or 12-team league format as well, depending on the matchups week in week out. Or are you disagreeing? Yeah, I mean, 10, 12-team leagues, it gets interesting because, yes, he's got an, uh, a, a good running back. Yes, he's got probably the best trio of wide receivers in the league. 
I'm concerned about the offensive line, though, with Tyrone Smith particularly. Uh, this, I mean, the reason Zeke was always one of the number one, number two, three backs in the entire league was because it was just a well-known, established fact that the Cowboys had the best offensive line in the league. You know, they've got injuries on the other side. It looks, it doesn't look like Tyrone Smith will be back, and it's just a different offensive line without a player like that. So, and our boy Travis Frederick, who retired mm-hmm. in the offseason too. Exactly. Yes. So they, they took some big hits. It's not when you think of the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, you probably have a pre-established image in your head that image is very different now so you have to take that into account and as a Michael Gallup uh someone who was rostered Michael Gallup in a lot of different uh leagues this year I've been disappointed because this was an issue with Dak too there's just he's he wasn't getting downfield looks Gallup was the downfield guy now granted Dalton used him and uh used him successfully when he had to towards the end of that game here uh but the problem was not that Dak doesn't like going downfield or is incapable of going downfield he's plenty capable he just never had the time to go downfield and now you put in a player like Dalton who is less mobile than Dak and you expect him to suddenly go downfield with the same if not worse level of protection there's a little bit of a concern in there which is why 10 12 team leagues he's really a bye week streamer type player you know if you had to obviously if you had Dak you're I mean you're looking between Kirk Cousins and Fitzpatrick I'd rather you know not to get you to we're going to talk about this in a sec but Cousins Fitzpatrick I'd almost rather try playing streamer with some of those guys instead of necessarily picking up Dalton for the long term because I mean Dalton with the Bengals he wasn't he was kind of always that replacement level like like the like the Cole Beasley of quarterbacks you you have that line right that replacement level line so you could pick him up you might have to drop him again um, obviously that all goes out the window in two quarterback leagues where I think we suggested when the Nick Foles situation came around we suggested a forty five percent fab bid and you're looking at something similar if not maybe even oh, greater, I think more yeah greater for uh, for Dalton. So it's, it's this is like a 55 65% fab bid near two quarterback leagues, but of course, two quarterbacks league league changes everything about fab. It's a whole new game. Yeah, and that's I mean this is this dates back to our July podcast, but I really love two QB leagues for this exact reason that mm-hmm. it adds a bit more to the free agent wire, but let, let's just say for this conversation you're talking about a 10 or 12 team leagues. You you're right. I probably should have phrased it more that Dalton is now firmly in the streamer conversation, which sucks because mm-hmm. if you had Dak Prescott, you were anticipating he's going to be a guy that sets potentially the record for most passing yards of an entire season and certainly a guy that you can count on your lineup each and every week. That's not Dalton. I, I, I do agree with you on there or on that point, but I think if you have Dalton, you have to look at the matchups coming up and understand that defense is not going to change. That defense is going to continue to be horribly, horribly bad. And for the Cowboys to be successful and be competitive in games, they are going to require that offense to pass and run and and just Mm -hmm. do a lot of production. So by default, I think Dalton has a pretty safe floor that is better than Fitzpatrick, for example, who has been a streamer often. or I, like even Daniel Jones too, to some extent yeah. as well. Yeah, those guys are streamers definitely. And I, I do. You mentioned the schedule, so I kind of took a look. The Cowboys don't face a top ten defense against opposing quarterbacks till week fifteen. Granted, there's some in the middle, you know, and they've got ten and eleven in there, but the schedule does look pretty favorable. So I can see that. I just you you can't have super high expectations for a guy like Dalton. If anything, I think they lean yeah. on Zeke more, and uh, I, I worry that this hurts the wide receivers. Amari Cooper in particular a little bit too. Well, and and I mean Cooper did not do well um, even before when Prescott was there, but certainly after. And maybe that's credit to the actual only good 
Dave Gettleman pickup that's happened recently. This is mm-hmm. a conversation from my SiriusXM performance with Liss, uh, with Bradbury actually locking down Cooper. I mean, Lamb did pretty good, and Gallup did towards mm-hmm. the end of the game because he had to, like you mentioned. I don't know. Like, I'm not – the pass catchers are too good, and the offensive scheme relative to how bad the defense is is just too obvious for me to say, hey, Dalton shouldn't be a pickup. And I think Dalton's actually a pretty capable player. Is he a top 20 quarterback in the NFL? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to like really, really think about it. But he's the, easily the best backup, I think, in the NFL right now, and that matters I, in this offense. I just looked. He's 32 years old, so physically he should have a couple couple of years left. If you would have said guess Andy Dalton's age, I'd have probably said 35, 36 or something. Oh, I would have wanted like 30. So I guess oh, we got somewhere in the yeah, middle there. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just I remember him being around forever just because of having bad Badger Rose Bowl memories against yeah, TCU. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Justin Herbert gives me the same flashbacks as well. <laughs> Can I? I'm going to just give you a list of streamer quarterbacks and I want you to pick who you like out of this group because I'm not sure they're all worth talking about. So Tannehill, we know he's playing tonight, so maybe that matters more to see what his uh, COVID-less pass catchers, Corey Davis, Humphreys, are both not playing. Like, what does that look like? Tannehill's against the Texans. I I do want to say loophole watch, right? If you lost Dak and there's anybody on your roster that you can drop, you can pick up Tannehill for nothing if you think you're going to stream him next week against Houston. Okay. So take care of that problem right away. Just loophole watch. It depends Depends a little bit on your league format, but if there is a droppable player anyway, um, you know I think Yahoo Leagues might even let this one slide. So I just want to throw a loophole watch in there. But Tannehill, yep. Mayfield against the Steelers who... I mean, Carson Wentz actually diced him up with a guy named Travis Fulgham for much of Sunday, so it's possible you'd be considering Mayfield. Daniel Jones against the Washington defense, Kirk Cousins against the Falcons, or Fitzpatrick against mm-hmm. the Jets. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that you could consider streaming. Dalton in that conversation as well. Which one do you like mm-hmm. most out of that group? Yeah, so I do want to note that Fitzpatrick here has had like 21 or more fantasy points in every week since week one against the Patriots. So he's been remarkably consistent, and he's playing an organization that's just an absolute mess. I mean, now that Bill O'Brien and Dan Quinn you know, have taken their medicine, I'm pretty sure that Adam Gase has got to be the odds-on favor for next coach gone. How is I'm he surprised not he wasn't. Yeah, people yeah. probably lost bets because of that. So it's favorable for Fitzpatrick, but man, I got to go Cousins. He, you know, he's home against the Falcons team. Maybe the Falcons get some kind of motivation, but again, this is because you look at the Texans effect, right? You know, they, exactly, they lose their yes. coach, they came back. Here you have the Falcons, you know, they lose their coach, maybe they'll care. Um, but I'm just not buying it because that that defense, that secondary is just so horrible. They're still ravaged by injuries. I haven't. You'll have to see the injury report this week to see if they're getting any kind of reinforcements anytime soon. But even someone like Kirk Cousins, who you know has the emergence of, of, of a guy like Justin Jefferson to rely on, Phelan had a really good game last week. That connection's not going anywhere. No, they won't have Delvin Cook, and Delvin Cook is a, a dream for a dump off hero like Kirk Cousins. Delvin Cook is the Elvin Kamara to Drew Brees. You know, just like that with Kirk Cousins. So he won't have that but Madison looked pretty good you know we'll talk about him in a sec I think Madison th- I'm sorry I think Cousins would be the streamer um this week for sure all right are you ready for a Culver's board bet <laughs> all right let's see who do you got I'll take Fitzpatrick straight up to score more fantasy points in whatever system you want than Kirk Cousins I don't disagree that Kirk Cousins is a bad choice I, I really don't I, I think Kirk Cousins, especially with Delvin Cook maybe out, it seems like as of right now, this recording Tuesday, it seems like Delvin Cook is going to play. I think Madison can do a good enough job at filling in for Delvin Cook, so I'm not worried about that. And the Falcons' defense is not good. But I really don't think we can quantify what getting rid of a toxic situation is like. And and just your case in point, you brought it up. 
look how much better the Texans looked with Bill O'Brien gone. It just it was like a night and day. Oh yeah, this is why we thought the Titans would or sorry the Texans would contend for the AFC South crown. Oh yeah, no duh, this makes complete sense. I just get a little bit worried. I, like maybe it's just like this weird jinxing voice in my head, right? That says Falcons defense might actually be comp, like might be okay, might possibly be okay. We know for certain the stink on the Jets is real and will be there for one more week. I'll take Fitzpatrick over Cousins. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So you're on. Uh, I hope we can get an official con- uh, sponsorship from Culver's one of these. I'll these keep days. pushing it. Unofficial sponsorship, <laughs> the Culver's board bet here. Uh, get me that double bacon deluxe here. Uh, I, while you were talking, I just kind of checked on the Rotowire projections to see where we were at and see if we were even close. We've got Cousins, you know, Jerry and Co. has got Cousins at number 12 overall, 21.95 fantasy points this week. And Fitzpatrick, and maybe that needs some adjusting, but 28th overall, right down there with Kyle Allen, a little over 17 points. Yeah, so, they'll get tweaked. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that'll get tweaked you know, <laughs> at some point given this situation. But So um, Fitzpatrick Cousins, number one and two, and you can go either way. Is Dalton three out of this group? I, I think for me he's three, but of Tannehill, Mayfield, Daniel Jones, and Dalton, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, at, when we get to Tannehill, Dalton, it's, you know, you know give or take. Uh, okay. I'd like to see how Tannehill does after the time off, which I imagine would be fine. Remember, Tannehill's getting A.J. Brown back, it seems like, tonight. That's going to be a big thing. I know uh, a lot of places where A.J. Brown's been drafted, you've been... Uh, if Me. anyone listened to us, yes. if anyone listened to us, how much we love A.J. Brown, now it's finally time, because I believe Corey Davis is still on the COVID list. Corey so. and Adam Humphreys, I both yeah, are. Yeah, so this is, uh, is going to be the Adam Brown show tonight, and uh, moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, so so buy low now if you can. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not like a huge fan of Tannehill whatsoever. I am anxious a little bit to see how he looks because I am so invested in AJ Brown. It's finally, hopefully, going to pay off. Uh, we'll find out. He and he missed the injury, but he was a full participant in Saturday's practice. They have already confirmed AJ Brown will play tonight against the Bills. That's a big deal to me. So I'm excited about. It. Um, I, I don't, I really don't want to talk about this too much. Two QB leagues. We've we mentioned Dalton. Yes, mm-hmm. very good. Pick him up. I mean, Joe Flacco is playing. Yeah. Kyle Allen is playing. We, we have oh. to say their names, right? <laughs> yeah. I, like, I don't think we're a good waiver wire podcast if we don't at least mention that Joe Flacco and Kyle Allen are starting quarterbacks. Yeah. But I don't think, like, yeah, I, that's that's your number 31 and 32. Well, and then you have the San Francisco situation, too, where it looked like Jimmy Garoppolo was maybe brought back just a little bit prematurely. So, you know, find the guy there. Uh, Bethard, right, Bethard is the guy at number two right over now. Mullins? That's how it played out uh, last week, whether that matters or not. I mean, Mullins had a great week when he had to fill in and then was absolutely dreadful to the point where Bethard just came in and was mm-hmm. the start, the starter in that situation. There was a point in the first half of Monday Night Football where I very much thought that Jameis Winston was going to get a mention in this part of the show, but Drew Brees came back. And- Jameis Winston, the uh, rostered player on Joe's auto-new team, which takes into account both collegiate and uh, NFL players. This is a, a 2QB super, super flex league, so I actually think Winston, for a cheap dollar, has been one of my favorite signings so far. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> Ken Kreitz, uh, for dropping in and letting me pick him up but he got the win over me this week, so I can't yep. be too happy. Let's move over to running backs. Yep. No more talking about my teams. Um, all right, so Chase Edmonds. Hey, I mean, it's it's clear. Kenyon Drake owners probably, or managers are probably happy too. He scored a touchdown, but to me, it is only a matter of time until Chase Edmonds becomes the starter, and it seems like sooner rather than later based off of this week's performance. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, we're looking at a 50-50 split. He's now 64% rostered in Yahoo leagues. and uh, But if you look at any kind of efficiency stat that you want to, name it between Drake and Edmonds, 
Edmonds. Edmonds is way more productive on a per-play and a per-touch basis, so you have to imagine there's going to be some kind of leveling out here. Yeah, um, I, I, like we were both saying Edmonds needs to be the guy that uh, you're picking up much in the same way this next name, I think, needs to be the same caliber. Philip Lindsay, 51% is what yep. you said for Yahoo. He's just over our threshold, and he could have, you know, maybe he could have been at 50 on the dot when we checked, but that also needs to be one of the first names that you're typing in if you're looking for a running back. Melvin Gordon's been excellent, but that, that workload's about to go down significantly. You, your yes. window is probably, has, has definitely passed to sell high on Melvin Gordon here, and now Philip Lindsay's going to be back in the mix. I had this question posed to me, uh, Justin Jackson or Philip Lindsay is who you want to pick up, and I said Philip Lindsay, and it's a pretty easy call for me. Once Austin Eckler comes back, and it seems like by all indications that timetable, which includes a Chargers bye week, mind you, mm-hmm. uh, would be Justin Jackson completely goes to the wayside. Melvin Gordon has had his injury history throughout his career, so it's no guarantee that he plays the entire year. But Philip Lindsay would be the main starter in that situation mm-hmm. where Gordon would be out. Yeah. And there isn't anybody. Like, you'd get 70 80% of the workload. Mm-hmm. The other situation there that you have to take into account is Jackson is heading into a bye where Lindsay is coming had off a yes. bye. Exactly. So Huge that, I mean, factor. When you have two similar type players, I mean, Lindsay's outlook, as long as he doesn't get injured again, is the same the rest of the season. Jackson's outlook, diminishes significantly when Eckler comes off IR. Right. Yep. So that's like that's a huge part of it. Again, if Lindsay's available, he's in 51% of the leagues picked up. So 49% still available. He has to be near that group for you as far as you're considering. Another guy that I think has to be near that group is Alexander Madison. Now, the frustrating part is Delvin Cook. We all know his injury history as well. The hamstring, it seems like he's going to at least miss this week. That's the report that we got as of a couple hours ago. I Just mean, a one-week starter of Alexander Madison is still probably worth a a pretty high waiver-wire priority claim, right? Yeah, I mean, if, okay, so number one, if you're the Delvin Cook owner and you hadn't already been rostering— hadn't already been rostering a guy like Madison because of Cook's injury history, which is a fair thing to do, I could see using your number one waiver claim on Madison. Now, he's going he's gonna to be right up there neck and neck with uh, Claypool here as, your, as the number one pickup for the week. You know, it's a pick your poison in a way. It depends on what you need, right? Like, if you need a running back to start this week, Madison has to be the number one guy. Yes, exactly. If you need a running back, yeah, 100%. Or if you're a Cook owner yep. and that hadn't which had is him the same already. Yeah, you, you, absolutely, uh, you absolutely have to have Madison on your roster because... Okay, so were they going to really bring Delvin Cook back without missing a week? You know that they're that just hearing that makes me think they're going to mismanage him, which doesn't actually, <laughs> which doesn't actually bode well for him not getting hurt again, right. right? So if you're a Cook owner and Cooks, but you, you know a top five running back in the league here when when healthy, I don't think there's any question about that anymore. You're going into weeks 14, 15, 16, and suddenly something pops again, or they decide, you know, maybe we need to take a more conservative approach actually this time around. Well, I don't know. I don't think they'll be making the playoffs. But nonetheless, or they might actually have to be playing there towards the end. I would just be willing to bet that, say, hypothetically, Cook only misses next week. I would say that that's probably not the only game he's going to miss the rest of the season here. So, so you're saying Madison's good. actually kind of like a more of a long-term buy, even though he is a, yeah. a guy that you're starting for sure, picking up. It's going to be very challenging in a COVID year with uh, so many game reshuffling and through bye weeks coming up. But mm-hmm. You have to have Madison on your roster. For some reason, I saw Madison. I mean, he was absolutely tearing it up on, on uh, what was it, Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday yeah, night. Sunday night. And I was thinking, oh, yes, I have Madison in Stake League. And, you know, not that I ever root for injury, but I was amazed to see how well 
Mel Madison was playing. Sure. And then I looked, oh, dang it, it's just Vegas League. I have not quite as important. For sure. But, well, and and I've always been a Mike Boone stan as opposed to Madison. And I know other members of the World War NFL podcast team have, have represented the same way. So, like, I had a deep best ball league. I'm like, hey, I have Mike Boone. Maybe that matters because I, I have a bunch of other running backs that are injured. Mm-hmm. But Madison played so well to the point Sunday night that I think you have to consider him yeah. as the guy. And not like Boone is going to factor in. I think Madison is going to get the majority of the touches. The mm-hmm. Vikings play the Falcons week six. We know it's a great matchup for running backs. They have a bye week seven. If that should reinforce your opinion that Cook is going to be out, like to me that almost clinches it. I guarantee you Delvin Cook will not play. Mm-hmm. And if Delvin Cook is not playing, Madison becomes a top 15, top 18 guy at the yeah. spot at I did, minimum. I jotted Boone down on the list, but for me he's down there in kind of the long shot category with that Trent Cannon of the Panthers. Sure. Short-term type of guy because you assume McCaffrey. McCaffrey is eligible to come off IR. Um, so the Mike Davis stays, you know, maybe over here pretty soon. But, uh, you know, if there was kind of in that third string area with the guy that's been a little bit banged mm-hmm. up at the top of the trio – I think Boone and Trenton Cannon, who Payne mentioned in his article today, that they're kind of at the same level. Yeah, there. Reggie Bonifin, who was the this primary backup to Mike Davis, who of course is the backup to CMC, uh, is on IR. So that's why Trenton Cannon's in that. I think I think Boone's good. Like I just wanted to reinforce. I think Boone is pretty good. So it wouldn't shock me if he outplays Madison. But if we we're talking about just a one week type of deal, I'd much rather have Madison this against the Falcons defense. So mm-hmm. we mentioned Justin Jackson. He's owned in forty four percent of the league, so just under our threshold as well. I really believe this is a hot hand situation, not as opposed to, oh, yeah, Jackson is taking over for Kelly. Uh, it doesn't really matter, though. Chargers on a bye this week. And again, we are just counting down the days till Austin Eckler comes back, which hurts Jackson's availability more. And like you mentioned with Madison, Madison should have value the rest of the year, if nothing else, than to be the backup to Cook. Jackson does not have that similar type of value. I would not be very aggressive in trying to pick him up. And understandably, if you are doing so, it is as a running back four or maybe as a very deep flex option, not as a guy you can count on. Yeah, often. and we kind of mentioned some of these backup running backs especially in weeks that are lighter. But this is why you keep guys like Tony Pollard, Daryl Williams, even Jamal Williams on your radar, guys that you know are just one possible move away from turning into something possibly amazing in fantasy. And, and I always thought Pollard was the number one guy who fits that description. I still and, think he is. Yeah, I agree. And But even before this week, I thought I put Madison as the number two guy that fits this description. Well, your guy actually that I put number two is Chase Edmonds. That's uh, Chase Ooh. Edmonds is number two, and then Madison. See, but Edmonds three. is already creeping yeah, into a 70, yeah. 30, 60, 40. This <laughs> is right. like, it is Zeke. It is yes, Delvin Cook. True. And then and then there's a flip. So, yeah, so there's some guys in there. And, uh, you know, before we move on from running backs, I, I heard the name J.D. McKissick. I like this, actually. Tossed, tossed around a lot. It's not a super sexy name. He seems to me like a 6-8 to eight, uh, PPR guy just because there are enough people around him you know, to get carries, and it's not a great team. So uh, he's the, 6% rostered. and you the, know, the part that you're not mentioning is Kyle Allen as the starting quarterback. Yeah. Kyle Allen is a very, very bad quarterback. Like, Maybe top forty in the NFL bad, and and you can argue why he's the starting quarterback right now for Washington. That's for a different podcast and different show. I'm just telling you right now, Allen is the starter, and if that's the case, check down McGee over there with Kyle Allen throwing passes to McKissick. That matters a lot. If we find if we think Antonio Gibson and I do is a pretty talented guy, and the offense has to revolve around him and Terry McLaurin, the byproduct, the backup to that is J D. McKissick, who got a lot of catches this past week in that same role. Yeah, this is just a weird 
distribution to me because I think it's clear that Antonio Gibson is the best back of that group, even if he's going to have some rookie growing pains. And do you really trust the Washington football team to not give Peyton Barber the occasional carry? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. This is just one of those weird backfields that, you know, McKissick, yeah, he goes into your lineup. He might have a 20-point week, maybe twice for the rest of the season, but the rest are going to be in that 6-8 to eight point range. You know how Rex Burkhead killed me and only me in that one week that he went for 38 points? J.D. McKissick is that same type of player for a mm-hmm. worse offense. Absolutely. And and I just yep, like you nailed it. Yeah. So I just like just keep that in mind. There's in a deeper league, I'm thinking 14, 16 team leagues. I have him in a deep dynasty league that he's just on my bench right now. But like I, I don't mind that. I I had to start Giovanni Bernard in a couple places this week under the assumption, hey, the Bengals are gonna struggle against the Ravens. They gotta pass the ball. For whatever the reason they decide now was the week to pass the ball to Joe Mixon and not any other week, but that killed me. I think JD McKissick actually is kind of like a better version of Giovanni Bernard. So just Keep yeah. that in mind uh, for your running backs. Is there anybody that you want to drop? Like Jarek McKinnon, I'm happy to say yeah. I'm, I'm glad to drop him right now. Yeah, you might have to, given you know the uh, the Mostert situation. We'll see Tevin Coleman back in a couple weeks, and then yeah. maybe, and then and then you just have this whole offense as a whole that maybe isn't quite operating as fluidly as one would think to start the year. So yeah, yeah I think his days of fantasy utility are a little bit short at least in there. a 10 team league for certain you're, you're so going chan- that direction yeah i mean well. chances are though all these players that we end up dropping next week who could just as easily be having sure. them on on the list cause suddenly oh mckinnon will get all the carries or most will re-injure the knee or something right. like that reminds you of brandon cooks who we'll talk about in the next segment yeah that's that's a good point uh we're gonna get to the wide receivers first award from our sponsor stable duel are you dominating your fantasy football league well now there's another game that you need to play imagine fantasy for horse racing stable duel is live with daily contests offering thousands of dollars to be won each week download the stable duel app create your account and start selecting your horses today compete against other players for winners circle glory and big money prizes new to racing well, don't worry stable duel is simple and fun with low level entries and big payouts name your stable select 10 horses within your bankroll and watch each horse accumulate points depending on where they finish invite friends to compete against and show them who dominates at all sports including the sport of kings download the stable duel app and build your stable today get in the action of stable duel play race win all right. Well, I mean, like, not that you can compare the two, but Claypool was probably the biggest winner if you were in a stable duel or like the stock riser one, too, that mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. I mean, four touchdowns, four touchdowns this week. I don't know how I think I think I rank Alexander Madison as my top pickup this week because running backs are more important than wide receivers. And Claypool doing this when Deontay Johnson was hurt makes me a little bit wary, but Claypool was already gravitating towards being in this conversation anyway, mm-hmm. and maybe that helps you because people are going to think the same thing I did. Dante Johnson, maybe that's why he was out. Well, no. Claypool is just a really talented guy. I was out on him the entire draft process. I, d- I did not think he was very good. I'll take the L right now. I think Claypool is the real deal mm-hmm. and is going to be worth some serious budget yeah. to get. So Claypool goes from kind of a guy that Roethlisberger would maybe take shots downfield at as probably the third option, even among the wide receiver groups. And now suddenly he jumps in. Um, one, I mean, it's hard to imagine that you suddenly demote this guy after a performance yeah. like this, right? I mean, Tomlin's been around. He he knows what he sees here. Um we all thought that, you know, myself included, thought Deontay Johnson kind of had a chance to be not A.B. because nobody's A.B., but maybe like a poor man's A.B. They run similar routes. Their role is similar, while Juju is kind of more, you know, on the outside here. Um, suddenly, we've got Chase Claypool here, but I mentioned a couple of Lee Corso not-so-fast moments in there. I just want to exercise a little bit of caution. I don't think I'd place more than... 
65% of my budget on him. And I okay. know people, and yeah. I know people will, and I know people will. So I don't think I'm going to end up with a lot, mostly because I blew away all my budget on Justin Jefferson in past weeks. But anyway, that's besides the point. But that um, hasn't been bad. No, right? I mean, no, like you, hasn't you've been, been able to fire up Justin yeah. Jefferson. You're starting exactly. And I'm going to be able to continue to do that. But, uh, I, I heard on another show that, okay, so I, I mean, it's no secret if you're a football fan here that the whole stats provider situation is just blown up. I, nobody can get any stats. So I'm, I've been scraping here. But technically, if you go for routes run, um, Juju and Washington ran more routes than Claypool in that game. And even after Deontay's been down over the last two games, Claypool's been on the field for only about 70% of snaps here. So those are things that suggest maybe that the four touchdown game is an exception and not the norm. Granted, he does half of that. You're still in for a hell of a fantasy week, and you're celebrating. So I still think he, you roster him. Um, and I put the number at around 65% of your budget. But it becomes real hard if that if you want to use your number one waiver claim on it. That's where yeah. it starts to – you start to have a knot in your stomach. Oh, oh, should I really do this? And granted, he's going to come out and burn me and go crazy next week. Not that I'm t- talking down or that he's a bad player or that he won't be productive. But I just – you're all you're, it's the ultimate buy-high move here. And it, how can you guarantee that usage? And now it's no secret for other teams, right? You kind of yeah. have to have a fold of your game plan in to how you're going to stop him. That's a good point. And, and something you didn't mention, which I think is really, really important um, for this conversation as well, Steelers have already had their bye week. Yes. They've already had it. So you don't have to worry about trying to bench him. or, or like mm-hmm. that, that matters not, to me yeah. in week six of the not, season. Not only that, but the Steelers have Cleveland, Tennessee, and Dallas coming up. So that's a pretty nice-looking schedule. So these are questions that we don't know, and we're going to have to see the Steelers answer them for us. Mm-hmm. But if you told me today Claypool is going to do – slot stuff or Deontay Johnson stuff or like even kind of what we wanted James Washington to do over the middle right he caught one of the touchdown passes in the cover two is a good throw uh bad coverage by the linebacker and just got the touchdown there if if that is what Claypool's role will be for the rest of the season and you could certainly do that he's very talented it's kind of weird to do that for a six foot four guy as big and fast as Claypool is but if he is Blow the whole budget, right? I'm I'm completely in on that, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me he is going to do deep ball stuff, which is what they have kind of struggled to find the player to do, I'm worried about that, and I would not go mm-hmm. 65. Yeah, that, like, I that would very go, much leads for high variance. Right. I think it's more like a 25 30% budget because we loved Justin Jefferson for the idea is, mm-hmm. who the hell is catching other passes besides Adam Thielen? Jefferson has to do that, and we've been right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that applies to Claypool, though, which is where my concern lies a little bit and why I'd much rather have Madison. Well, and the narrative was always that Roethlisberger and Deontay Johnson were building chemistry, building chemistry. You know, we're going to be able to really show what this kid can do. And this kind of gets in the way of that, so it concerns me a little bit. Um, in fantasy, we're not really supposed to use the H word anymore in the community, talking about you know a backup, that running back, and it typically applies to running backs. It's so hard to say this without saying this. And normally the H word doesn't really apply to receivers, but the situation where I'm going to go all in on Claypool is, I missed out on my Jefferson and my earlier Mike Davis and those types of bids earlier this year. So I find myself in a 12-team league with about 87% of my budget remaining, and I roster Deontay Johnson in that league. He's kind, Claypool's kind of a, a we'll, we'll call him a corollary or, or a correlation player to Deontay Johnson, right? When Johnson's out there, 
I don't feel super great about starting Claypool, but when Johnson's not out there, which may be the case, we'll have to watch the injury report this week, then Claypool's a surefire wide receiver three that could easily see his stock rise even beyond that. So It's not just Johnson, though. I think if Washington is out or if Juju, and we Juju had injury problems last year too, any one of those guys, just giving Claypool the opportunity to be, yes, the guaranteed number three guy, whatever capacity, whatever role the Steelers choose to use him in, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. And I think it's possible with the pass catchers the Steelers have, it's possible it happens. I just want to note, like, mm-hmm. Roethlisberger is the most inaccurate deep passer right now in the NFL. He confirmed it. He literally said that. But, like, if you look at the, the next-gen stats, he is the most inaccurate deep ball passer right now of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. If Claypool is that deep passer catching guy, you are going to see too much high variance to spend 50 to 60% of your budget. It I just, just can't happen. I just feel like there are going to be a lot of fantasy players that pick him up expecting to be an every week player, and they're going to be disappointed a few weeks when really it's more of a situational thing where you have to take a good look at the rest of the position group and see what happens here. So, yeah, yes, it's a high, high bid. Um, but chances are this is maybe one where I'd let somebody else take the bid for it and maybe use my second claim on Madison or something like that. I, yeah, it's really tough to do actionable advice because it's very, very situational here depending on where your area is. Yeah, are. well, I think it's good advice, though. That's excellent stuff. Um, let's get to some more high-variance wide receivers, unfortunately. Uh, Brandon Cooks had himself a game. Finally, there goes Bill O'Brien, and yep. here comes Brandon Cooks. Uh, that's an interesting name, and I like I'm rostering him right now. I had to start him in my dynasty league, not because I want to, but because I had to. Uh, and then another guy, Mikael Hardman, yep. with Watkins now out for sure. Demarcus Robinson, of course, is around, unfortunately, for fantasy managers. Uh, of those two, I think there's a very clear option that I would pick up. Both are yeah. under 50% owned. But I guess I want to hear from you. First. I put her, I put this next guys in a group, the probably rostered group, but maybe check because Mikael Hardman 40%, Brandon Cooks 44%, Mike Williams 40%. We Yep. We touched on Henry Ruggs. He's back now, and he was only in, rostered in 44%. And he's got that kind of similar. I mean, okay, granted, he's coming off Derek Carr having pretty much the game of his life. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that blowing survivor for everybody. Um, I, I think I have him pretty much ordered how I like him. Maybe I put Hook, Cooks above Hardman um, because Cooks is someone that uh, the role his snap count isn't going to change much from where it was week one he's suddenly just getting used and not to mention will fuller is very fragile i forget i was listening or i saw a tweet or something you know i, I gotta do a better job <laughs> you always this. say this yeah. every week <laughs> we, uh, well because i don't want to i don't want to make it seem like this this take is my own and then i know have someone come out and be like oh no wait that was my take but will fuller through contact he can't really ca- make any catches through contact. He's he's just a fragile guy. This is no secret. That was really his ding mm-hmm. when he got drafted out of Notre Dame like exactly. four years ago yeah. too. Yeah, if you can get in there with any little bit of hand fighting late, you know you can defend Will Fuller where he's going to beat you as a speed anyway. So Cooks is maybe a little bit better at that. And of course, we all know about the fragile hamstrings of Will Fuller. So Cooks could become useful well beyond when Sammy Watkins comes back here, shifting gears to the Chiefs here. I love Hardman as a player. I've I, I rostered him for right. on the cheap in several leagues here. The stock's definitely gone down. It concerned me that Pringle got in the game and got a reception as soon as Sammy Watkins went down. And of course, Robinson frustrates me to no end that the Chiefs don't quite understand their pecking order of receivers. As For a team as brilliant as they are, Yet they haven't quite found a way to maximize the usage of Mecole Hardman. But uh, in terms of volume, I think Cooks is safer, and he probably tops the list. It's interesting. I have a, I have a different version of that, and it's Hardman number one for me. Because when, when I'm looking at the end of the day, I mean, they all kind of have similar warts, and they all have similar situations that 
why they are under 50% owned in most Yahoo leagues. I think you can make a pretty easy case for, yeah, I could see why you drop them in a shallower format. Uh, Hardman, right? We talked about the Chiefs and Watkins being in front, Robinson, Pringle all being in front. Great. He did that jet sweep for a touchdown last week, but that doesn't mean crap when people aren't really getting involved in the offense. Brandon Cooks, yes, we we have the lack of usage by Deshaun Watson. Of course, now he comes alive, but hey, he's had concussion histories of his own, right? Like that's even more important than Will Fuller's stuff. Mike Williams, he's been hurt. Keenan Allen, like he's been around doing things. Justin Herbert, we didn't know. Henry Ruggs, he's also been hurt too. I have Hardman ranked number one because that Chiefs offense is so dynamic. And if I can just get any share of it, even if it's a cheaper share that's not as consistent, give me that every time out of these guys that are probably rostered. So Hardman's number one for me, especially with Watkins out. I have Mike Williams number two. I know the Chargers are on a bye this week, so it maybe makes a bit of a difference. And it could actually help you if you're trying to uh, maybe slide him underneath a clay pool pickup as well that, hey, they're not going to be able to play. Williams is number two for me. Cooks is number three. And I'm fine rostering Cooks, but just understand he's more of a wide receiver four or five who you have to play during bye weeks. I really want nothing to do with rugs. I, I, I really, and I know it's crazy, he had two catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown. I really want nothing to do with rugs, but I'm also the guy that has always avoided Deshaun Jackson during his peak. Mm-hmm. And that's the same type of thing, except for a quarterback that doesn't throw a deep very often, Derek you'll, Carr. You'll have your good weeks and your bad weeks. I definitely get that for sure. So eh, we're mostly on the same page with that, but a little different at the top. I have both Cooks and Hardman in stake lead, and, and I'm 100% confident I won't start the right one the rest of the year. <laughs> that, I mean, that's like the surest money you can have is making yes, sure you're going to start exactly. the wrong one. Uh, Travis Fulgham, he's a thing. Uh, he is a thing that caught passes for the Eagles right now. And I know, I, I mean, I say it like Should that. Should we just call him the new Olamide Zacchaeus? Oh, no, don't break my heart with Zacchaeus. I had to start him, and I, I'm still very angry about that. No, uh, Rodgers, because Fulgham had a stint with the Packers. I think he was on the practice squad or in training camp. Rodgers really liked him. I mean, he, he gave him the, uh, oh, man, I'm blanking on his name, the, the UW Whitewater wide receiver. Uh Please help me. I'm I'm struggling uh, so much I, right now. I keep now. wanting to say Aberderis, but that's not. Oh it. yeah, that is that is a good Janice. Uh, no, I mean that's a, that's a de- anyway. It, uh, he's the Detroit Lions practice squad wide receiver right now. The Packers fandom loves him. He liked Fulgham. Aaron Rodgers really liked Fulgham, and I was surprised when all the injuries came down that the Packers didn't try to bring him back uh, onto the active roster for that reason. Well, here you go. We're kind of seeing what Rodgers was seeing uh, through two weeks. He of course caught that important pass against the 49ers. I think that scored the game winning touchdown or set up the field goal. I'm, Blanking, but had the 10 catches, 150 yards, and those were some quality catches. I mean, that was some legit stuff that he was doing. Unfortunately, Deshaun Jackson, Elshon Jeffrey, and Jalen Rager are all probably coming back in the next two to three weeks. So Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, they're great wide receiver three flex starters for you right now, Mm. but I'm not sure I'm aggressively going out to get them at this moment. Yeah, I don't don't see a situation where Fulgham suddenly they decide he's going to be a slot player, you know, over Greg Ward's role right now. And then once again... I'm more likely to put the spec ad down on Rigor or Jeffrey than I am to add add Fulgham and watch him do the Zacchaeus thing for a week. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's I, I, I like I, I like Fulgham. I think he is going to be a decent enough player if the situation presents itself. But we can just look at this and say uh, I don't think it's going to present itself necessarily. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I mean Carson Wentz, if you've watched him through the first four weeks of the year, the, you just think bad, bad, and then suddenly he has a crazy game and everything's fixed in this offense. Not quite buying it. Yeah. Jake Kumaro. 
I, I don't know Kumaro, why I couldn't get Kumaro yeah. out of my Jake Kumaro. I, I could picture his hair in my head, and I, I was just like, I just started naming other White Packers receivers. I guarantee you, every listener right now is yelling Kumaro, Kumaro, <laughs> me, you idiot! Yeah. It's Kumaro. Remember, we have a national base outside of Wisconsin. No, would, everyone like knows think, who Jake. I would like to think <laughs> everyone knows who Jake Kumaro is. Come on! All right, Preston Williams uh, had a great week. Finally, uh, a lot of people were really in on Preston Williams, myself included, to start the season. He was a pretty easy drop for me, uh, and of course, has a good week, but it was against the Jets. Christian Kirk, another guy I was super in on. I had him in stake well, league. Well, I'm saying that they're they're, they're playing. Oh, he plays. I'm sorry, he plays the week, Jets. Yeah. Well, the, I guess you could say the 49ers secondary with the way they have been are Ooh. like Jets bad. I, well, that, I, I just like visibly cringe. Yeah, uh, and then Christian Kirk, he had 12 targets over the last two weeks. Another guy I was in on to start the year had dropped already. I'm not like aggressively going out and getting Williams or Kirk, but if you're in a 14 or 14 or 16 team league, they are probably rostered. But you might even feel comfortable enough starting them, uh, given what we're kind of seeing from mm-hmm. both these players. Yeah, these are just a couple of names that, looking through my less than 50 percent rostered, came up. You know, Williams. Is- both of these guys, Williams and Kirk, can be boom or bust because at least Kirk is definitely – he's one of those guys like so, seemingly so many we've talked about before that are, are seemingly awesome or most frequently used in the deep target situations here. And, of course, Arizona has DeAndre Hopkins that can do that just as well, if not better. So Kirk's really a secondary option, and I really think Williams is a secondary option to Devontae Parker as well. You know, once we see Devontae Parker more at full strength, it was just one of those weeks where Williams happened to get the score early. Uh, I remember the week before he got the score early but then just wasn't used the rest of the game. So these guys can both be boomer busts. So, uh, you know, just guys worth mentioning just because of their current level of ownership here. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. Um, we got to mention just DeVernay real quick because I had a banger of a tweet that I, I sent out, and I'm very happy the Ravens that are finally using him. My dynasty teams are just ecstatic for that fact. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling at, at like some point down the road – he isn't going to be a guy that wins you the league, but I guarantee you he is going to be a guy that you are excited to have on your roster. Just like, I don't know if it's week 10 or week 8 or week 13 in the fantasy playoffs. He's going to make a difference. And not that he's the Brashad Perriman of last year during the fantasy playoffs just went off. Mm-hmm. But if the Ravens offense really wants to get better, you cannot tell me that Miles Boykin should be having more snaps than DeVernay, who has made plays every mm-hmm. single time he's on the field. Even Willie Sneed, for that matter. And I don't know what's holding DeVernay back necessarily in the offense, because if you watch his film from college, from Texas, he just has, he had a tremendous catch rate. Anything that was any near him he got he got his hands on the ball and he, and he made the catch and he's got just you know next level extraordinary speed i i, I there's like a tyreek hill comp in me eventually here give it a couple of years so um i think uh, a lot of people here at rotowire are high on duvernay and yeah it might not be this season but he should absolutely be on your radar maybe late in next season if there's an injury anywhere on this depth chart or for for 2021 for sure all right, uh, guys who want to drop from the water receiver spot, A.J. Green, Sammy Watkins, Russell Gage, anybody else that you're thinking of? Yeah, those are the three guys I wrote down, so nice job reading them. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, I got it. All right, no, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to dance on the A.J. Green uh, grave at this point. I've been mm-hmm. calling that for now. Yeah, Watkins year. is just a replacement level type player, you know, and now that he's hurt, he, who knows yeah. what you're going to get out of him. I'm not forward. sure I'm, I'm dropping Gage, but I'm also the guy that's going to hold on to Zacchaeus way too long, too. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you should be trusting my opinion on anybody from that receiving core. I was trying to think of some names as well. Like the, the Anthony Miller was probably already dropped situation. Steven Sims, who I mm-hmm. liked quite a bit as a Washington pass catcher, is on injured reserve. So, God, I hope you dropped him. Uh, like I, I have never been a huge fan of Hunter Renfro or Curtis Samuel. Samuel, I still think, has some utility so long as uh, CMC is out because he keeps doing running backs stuff and i think that matters four carries for 28 Mm -hmm. yards 
I have a hard time dropping him in deeper leagues. But Anthony Miller, I mean, like four passes or four receptions, twenty eight yards against the Buccaneers. Yeah. I, I'm out like that. We're I mean, done. You, like, we're if done. If you don't Miller. have IR spots, how long can you afford to roster someone like Rashad Perriman? In, in the yes, Adam Gase yeah. offense, I think he would kind of fit into that mold as well. Yeah, he was just cutting the league I was into, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, Jimmy Graham, tight end situation. Um, I mean, four touchdown passes, other than our boy Big Bob, is probably one of the top leaders at the position for receptions. They use him a lot in the red zone. It's crazy to see Graham doing well with, um, you know, Big di- uh, big Nick. Yeah. <laughs> BDN, we'll just yeah, call him Yeah, sorry. BDN. I mean, you got there. You knew where I was going with it anyway, so I guess I just jumped the gun on it anyway. Uh, this is not getting mon- uh, monetized on YouTube, so we're fine. We're good to yeah. go. Oh, you're right. I think we're cool. <laughs> we're fine. But, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Graham having some success. So I I don't want to roster him. I, I know I should. This is a waiver wire podcast. We should be talking about I don't want to roster him. I don't know. He's played over fifth, or he's played over 40 snaps every single week, um, and you know he's not out there to block. So, I mean, basically what's left in this scenario, um, there, there's some upside here in the tight end market. Is very tough. I mean, there are tight ends that you, dra- that you drafted, guys like Hurst and Higby, that aren't are definitely not living up to expectations. Like, how long do you leave a guy like Jimmy Graham sitting on the waiver wire and score touchdowns every single week? Got a pretty nice run of uh, opponents here too coming up. I mean, Carolina's tough, but uh, it looks like Raider or well, Rams, Saints, uh, Titans, and Vikings here before his bye. It was the same reason we were in on um, Moali Cox for his starting role for that time, right? Like, you had to figure out what to do at yeah. low on tight on one stats. Was it the Coventry uh, Jeff one from yesterday? But I think it, I think Coventry mentioned on that show, in case you didn't listen to it, that Trey Burton actually ran more routes than, than Cox and Doyle combined since he's been back. And, yes. Uh, and there's history there with Trey Burton in the program here, so... Um, that could be another name you're looking for if you're starting to get desperate in the tight end area. Yep, that's that's a fantastic one. I was going to mention him as well. Cameron Brait, he had six targets last Thursday with um, oh boy, with OJ Howard out. Mm-hmm. Gronk was still kind of involved. Gronk's there to block. Let's get rid of him. Uh, well, I mean, he did have the yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, and then uh, we had Irv Smith as well. Finally, get more involved in the passing game. Um, five catches for, or sorry, four catches, sixty-four yards for the Vikings. I mean, that's that's an interesting one. They have to have a guy other than um, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen do things. And if you are on the assumption Cook is not playing, maybe you have to pass even more than two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, Cook it's possible. is getting a lot of targets. I don't know if Madison quite has that same degree or pedigree as a pass catcher so maybe take a couple of cook targets and put them in the direction of other pass catchers you'll have to cross check this one for me as if it fits our yahoo qualifications but austin hooper he's now had 17 targets in the last two weeks i drafted hooper in a lot of different places assuming he's and going to get the him. kevin stefanski no i didn't drop him because i am a sucker and i held on to him for far too long but here we go we're reaping the benefits 10 targets in this win over the colts this past week 57 receiving yards that's a season high which is why he's probably dropped in a lot of places yep. i kind of like him as a low end tight end one uh tight end two kind of in the same way that we're discussing jimmy graham yeah one of the last things i do before closing the book on the show outline is just skim through the box scores one more time and i'm like oh hooper what the heck i wonder if people dropped him 55 percent rostered in yahoo okay. leagues currently owned in the 14 team league i'm looking at here so um he's somebody that's yeah not really under the radar but maybe in your 10 teamer he could be coming back if you're in a tough tight end situation obviously like higby's not running routes anymore he almost goes on the drop list you have to consider Ugh, yeah i mean he was i, I have to hold on to him volume, yeah I, yeah yeah i guess you have to hold on to him but because there aren't any like great tight ends emerging exactly all, all of the ones yep. on the wire that we're talking about today are just as risky if not riskier so it becomes a really really difficult thing i mean if if 
Bobby T still out there, and you know suddenly Higby, Robert Tanyan. For those of you that don't listen to our podcast from last week, then since the, we're debating the nicknames, the one and only in the realm of like Booker T or Mister T, Bobby T. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue like to that. tout that nickname. I, I don't I don't tout much, but uh, don't make me do a Twitter Robert poll. Robert Tanyan. The four people that will vote will definitely <laughs> go in my direction, and you're gonna lose this one. Yeah, uh, if you do it, there's some bias in there. Yeah. <laughs> all but, right, but anyway, yeah, I mean. Higby, it's disappointing that Everett's running all those routes. I, I don't understand. I, I really don't. I, it's, it's frustrating to try to figure out the Rams tight end situation. Um, another drop for me, and this is going to be like unanimous, Logan Thomas, the tight end. I mean, he was running so many right, routes for Washington. That's great. Well, now that Kyle Allen is starting, I want absolutely nothing to do with this passing attack. And I love Terry McLaurin. I think he is going to get squandered as well. And we, we've seen Ron Rivera make bad decisions. Uh, I feel like we are getting this choice right now with the Washington passing tax. So, Logan Thomas, you are gone from my rosters everywhere. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Um, real quick, defensive streamers, the top pickup, and this might actually be like a top five overall waiver wire pickup, is the Dolphins' defense against the Jets. It's time. It's time. The Adam Gase stink is still there. We have to take advantage mm-hmm. while we can. Yeah, I mean, will the Dolphins be the team to finally get the Jets to fire Adam Gase? Find out next week on on, on, on week six. You know, um, no, the Dolphins are the streamer for sure. I threw another bunch of names in there. I mean, if you believe that the Falcons are completely falling apart, you could pick up the Vikings. They're thirty percent rostered. Um, if Cam Newton is not back for New England, I, I didn't quite look at that yet. But if he's not back, then maybe the Broncos come into play. They're only twenty nine percent rostered. The other popular one is uh, basically anybody that plays Daniel Jones. Yeah, turnover prone. Uh, the Washington Football Team has him this week. They're pretty much universally available as well so just wanted to throw some options out there for our listeners that's how i'd rank it as well with the jets or sorry yeah going against the jets miami defense that's number one washington becomes number two because danny dimes always gives you at least one Mm -hmm. turnover for touchdown to some extent and then after that it's like uh you can make a case for anybody else there's just a very clear top two hierarchy yeah, exactly. I mean, Minnesota could burn you if, if you buy into your narrative, whereas where you know the Falcons get new life with the new change of scenery. Maybe the toxicity is gone, or I, I wouldn't call Dan Quinn toxic. I never no, got that vibe. No, I agree. By any means, now they're maybe like, okay, now we're going to go out and play well. Which I mean, these guys are professionals. I find it hard to buy into these narratives sometimes. But I just get, get I, it's just the heebie-jeebies, and it's just a personal feeling with how the Texans turn it around after Bill O'Brien. Like, there was no hope. And now, yeah. wow, there's a lot of hope all of a but sudden. But Bill O'Brien was universally regarded as just a knob, right? <laughs> right. Just, he had, he had true. any little bit of respect, you know, that he ever had in the league was just thrown out the window when he made that DeAndre Hopkins yes. trade this year. Dan Quinn is actually somebody that has made it to a Super Bowl and generally seemed to be pretty well-liked. He just wasn't getting the results here. So I, I think there's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right, well, that does it for us in the Tuesday waiver wire edition of the NFL podcast. Uh, you can get a free 10-day subscription, and you should. There's a lot of really, really good quality content on the site right now, not just for NFL, but also for NBA, MLB, if you're in the playoffs kind of stuff, uh, and hockey as well, a lot of big off-season period going on at the moment. Rotoware.com slash pod for that 10-day free trial. No credit card needed, nothing like that. Just rotoware.com slash pod, and you get set for the site. If you have any waiver wire questions, I'm not afraid to answer them. You can tweet me at Sports. Same with Roto Jake. We've had a lot of uh, users take advantage of that over the past couple weeks, which I am proud of, mm-hmm. uh, but it is going to be a little bit cumbersome. Like we, we have a lot going on with Twitter questions throughout the week. So feel free to keep firing away at us. Uh, any other sign offs that you want quick? No, man. Rotowire.com slash pod, P O D. Uh, Jerry's hidden stat line article is free Love this it. week. I have no idea what the heck inspired us to lift the paywall on that, but take advantage of it while it's there. 
obviously, we know the situation with stat providers across the sports industry right there. Jerry somehow dug up snap count and usage rates for the entire backfields of every team in week five. So go get that for free. I mean, that's one of the most useful pieces of free fantasy football information on the Internet. So go check that out. But uh, that's the best plug I can offer. Ah, It's really one of the best articles, not just on the site, but I think in the fantasy realm right now. Um, stay tuned again just be very mindful of your waiver wire pickup system on your league Mm -hmm. if you are listening to this it's possible that this titans bills game that happens tonight could have very drastic ramifications on this waiver wire podcast we don't know we're recording this way before then so just be mindful of that and when waiver wire claims happen for your league again thanks for listening tune in next week and uh, definitely stay tuned to what Jeff's Jeff's new guest is going to have for Wednesday and the guys, uh, John and Mario, for the Thursday edition. That's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to each don't for, week. Don't shortchange DFS on Friday. Always good stuff. They, they make me look so stupid. That's why. I mean, they just have so much smart stuff with you every single time. You have to. I mean, that's just every, every, every Roto-Wire podcast is a listen again. Thanks for tuning in. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.